Um, thank you, Pastor Justin, for giving Brandon and I the opportunity to share our hearts with you all this morning. We told you on the little uh, thing that Elizabeth posted on Facebook or Instagram that we were going to be talking about the role of the family of God, the church. And I want you to look at this scripture that I found in Genesis 28, 17. And I just love these words. It says, incredible, wonderful, holy. This is God's house. This is the gate of heaven. But I want to ask you all a question today. Do we come here and proclaim the love of God and never let the love be shown outside of these walls? The family of God, that's us, all of you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, each of us is part of the solution for what is happening in our world today. Our world is broken, our world is troubled, our world is hurting, our world is facing trauma and grief and loss and pain. But I'm happy to tell you that what our praise and worship band shared with us this morning is the solution. God's love is the solution. But how can the church be part of the solution until our heart breaks for people who don't look like us the way God's heart breaks for all of his children? Until we have that heart, nothing is ever going to change. Well, I just want you guys to know that today, Brandon and I are going to have an uncomfortable conversation. It's okay to feel uncomfortable. Just sit with that feeling. When there are areas of my own life that my heart does not line up with the heart of God, I start feeling uncomfortable because I know that my words and my thoughts and my actions are not always a reflection of the heart of my heavenly father. And I really believe, church, I really believe family of God, my brothers and sisters in Christ, I really believe that God wants to speak to our hearts today. Yes, this is very, this is, a little more comfortable for me and Cindy, um, but we still cover a lot of things that may be uncomfortable or sometimes may not feel correct. And a lot of times we may feel offended or upset. And so I would just want to encourage you, anyone, if you feel that way, to go home with those thoughts and really ask yourself, why do I feel this way? And just really look inside your heart and open your heart up and just receive and think about those things. And so we're not here to offend you or make anyone upset. That's not, that's not our goal at all. However, if you feel that way or you feel any of those types of emotions, sit with those and just let that marinate for a little bit and just really do some self-soul searching and, and just pray and ask God about those things. And that's right. And we're just challenging you today to not look at your brother or your sister, but to look at yourself. My job is to look at my heart. My job is to look at my heart, and I just want to be clear with you all, this is not a black versus white versus yellow versus brown issue. This is not a rich versus poor issue. This is not a male versus female issue. What we are dealing with in our world today is a heart issue. It's our heart issue. Amen. And I believe that with all of my heart. Because Matthew 12, 34 says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the overflow of Cindy Putman's heart, 
a heart that sometimes does not want to align with the heart of my heavenly Father, my mouth speaks. Matthew twenty two thirty seven says, love, and you guys all know this, most of us memorize this in Bible drill or Bible study, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first commandment, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. We, the church, are the gateway, Jesus is the gateway for salvation, but we're the gateway for the world to heaven. We're the representatives of our heavenly Father on earth. So we are the gateway. The church is the gateway to the world of our heavenly Father. And it also goes on to say, love your neighbor as yourself. We, the church, have to do that. We have to learn how to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, and you guys have been in Sunday school, and we've talked about this. I know a million times. Who is your neighbor? The word says, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son." For God so loved the world, not just Church on the Hill, not just Cookville, Tennessee, not just the South or the North or the East or the West or the United States of America. God so loved the world, and in Genesis it says that we are created in His image. So I just want you all to know today that I believe this with all my heart. There is nothing more powerful than the body of Christ. There's nothing more powerful when all of us are working and all of our parts are working together. But I want to proclaim to you all today something. There is a color that unites us. There is one color that unites all of us, and that is the color of the shed blood of Jesus on the cross. That is the color that unites us. And even if in the world today, other colors seem to divide us, Brandon and I are going to tell you that that's different because there is a color that unites us, and that is the color of the sacrifice that Jesus made for us when he died on the cross. And I know Sandy just mentioned about love, and as one of the core principles that I, I try to really push hard. Um, and there's a lot of people have asked me different accomplishments in my life. How, why did you do that? How are you able to do that? Um, how did you get this far with things? And one thing I tell people is you love, you love each other, you love people. And sometimes it's not easy to love people. Like, let's all be honest right now. <laughs> like, it's not hard or not easy sometimes to love. But you find that energy and you find that effort and you love people. And I really do feel like that when you start to love people, no matter what they look like or their background, you know, when you start just scraping away the surface, really getting to know someone's heart and really loving on those people, you know, God does a lot of things in your own life and open up a lot of doors and opportunities in your life. And so I, you know, I usually tell people, you, know, you have to love, even when it hurts. And the, even when it hurts. And, you know, Brandon and I, Brandon posted something on Facebook when all of the things started happening in our country. And he posted about how he had reached out to all of our uh, people in authority in our city. And I reached out to Brandon when I read that post. And I said, Brandon, I do a radio show every week about kids and about families. 
would you come on and talk to me? Because Brandon is the dad of a five-year-old son. And I said, will you come on and talk to me about how you feel about what's going on in our country today? And, of course, we were practicing social distancing. So this is really the sec only the second yeah, time in over a month and a half that Brandon and I have even been in the same room together because we Zoomed everything and we Zoomed our podcast. But I had to ask Brandon an uncomfortable question. I said, Brandon, how do I refer to you? Do I call you black? Do I call you African-American? I don't even know what to say. And Brandon just responded just, by saying, You can call me black. You know, that was, that was pretty much the straight answer. Um, I also added on to that question that if you're uncomfortable or you don't know what to call your friends of different colors or races, just ask them. You know, it's very easy just to ask. And that may come off as an awkward question um, because it seems so simple. But it's, it's perfectly okay just to ask, hey, what do you refer? Um, I know that my mom likes to be called Pam, so if you ask her. <laughs> um, so, you know, you just, you just ask them real quick, and, you know, that's very easy to, to start knowing your people or knowing those around you. And through my conversations with Brandon, one of the things that I figured out was that I had some generational prejudice in my life. You know, we talk about generational curses that need to be broken. Well, I had a generational curse of prejudice that I didn't even really know was there. And Brendan and I started having those conversations, and I can see how quickly that generational curse of prejudice can turn into racism, and we can look at other people that don't look like us or think like us or worship like us or dress like us or eat the kinds of foods that we eat and think for just a split second that they're really different and we're really normal. Anybody else ever felt that way? And you know what? I didn't realize that those people are looking at me thinking they're really normal and I'm really different. So it works both ways. But I had to really examine my heart. And every week when Brandon and I, because when I do the radio show, I don't like to talk to the guests beforehand because I want it to sound like a natural conversation. So I could see Brandon's face and he could see mine, but he didn't know the questions I was going to ask. And one of the uncomfortable questions I had to ask him was, Brandon, did your mama ever have that talk with you? Because we hear that on media right now, you know, and a lot of our um, people in the media are talking about, did your mama have that talk? So did your mama have that talk with you? Yes, yes, she did. Plenty of times. Um, go back to you asking questions that you didn't know. That was nervous. That was very nervous. I didn't know. <laughs> First time I had a radio show. Um, and so it was just I was like, I don't know what we're going to talk about, but... I'm just gonna go do this. Um, but yes, we did have conversations growing up about this um, and just really, you know, what the world sees or what the world thinks and how that could be the same or different than how, what's really true about things. Uh, we had conversations about how to deal with others, how to, you know, respond to when people are giving you negative words or saying things that aren't true. Um, and so that was really helpful. Uh, it definitely empowered us or really know what to do when we get in those situations. But, you know, we're starting to get to a point in life and a point as a nation that you know, a lot of people are saying that it is not right to be able to have these conversations so you can deal with other races out in public, you know, or, you know, you have to do X, Y, and Z when you get pulled over, or you have to deal with X, Y, and Z when you're dealing with a teacher or someone much higher just because you are a different color has nothing to do with how smart you are, has nothing to do with how talented you are, it's just, you know, you are a black son, you're a black child, and these are the ways you have to work, because if you don't, people will automatically say negative things or try to treat you differently. 
And so I think that we're doing a very good job holding and having these conversations um, because I don't, you know, these are the things that we'll have to stop at some point. You know, I don't want to feel like I always have to have these conversations with my son, you know, when he gets to those ages. Um, and I do have a five-year-old. Hey, son, I remember I said I was going to call him out. You go right ahead. So, hey, son, how's it going? Enjoy your day. All right. And so uh, you're always a parent first. You always got to remember that, like. You're always a parent first. Um, so, but yeah, we definitely did have those conversations. Um, and there were a lot of good advice in those conversations. Um, so yeah, that's. Brandon told me a really great story about growing up in Columbia, Tennessee and about his best friend. Oh, David Duncan, yes, yes. yes. Um, give a shout out to him, because I hope he's watching Shout out today. to David Duncan. If he's not, I'm gonna make sure that he watches the replay. And so he's, um, he was my best friend since kindergarten. Um, he was white. Um, his dad was the county historian. And I think that his dad enjoyed watching our friendship. And we were friends. We're still friends this day. And so we're, that was, we were five when we met, and now we're past 30. So um, we're, we've been friends for a very long time. And the past few months, me and him have had really good conversations. Because growing up, especially in the circles that we were in, race never played a big option. Um, there were the one or two instances where someone tried to make me feel different, and he was one of the first people to step up and say, no, you're not going to treat Brandon any different, you know? And so that was good. Brandon also shared a story with me about when he and his best friend first came to Cookville, because I asked Brandon how he got here, and he said they came to Tennessee Tech, and Brandon was going to be an engineer, yes. and they pursued that engineering degree. But would you share the story about the lady in the purse? Oh, that story. So I didn't become an engineer. I changed majors, and he looked at me like, really? And so, but he was very supportive of those decisions. Uh, but when we got to Cookville, um, this was within the first couple of weeks, um, I was not with him at this particular one. I was with a, another friend, and we were out at Walmart. It was me, my friend who was also black, and a female friend of ours who was white. And I turned around and bumped into a lady, and she immediately grabbed her purse and looked at me really wide-eyed, you know, and just very surprised, looked a little scared, and I just smiled politely. I saw everything that happened, and I just smiled politely, and I said, oh, excuse me, ma'am, and I walked off. And my friends also saw the situation, saw what happened, and they just looked at me and was like, yeah, okay. And so we all smiled, we said our politeness, and then we walked off. Um, but that was one of my first experiences here in town, and so me coming to a new city, not sure what to expect. You know, that happened, I was like, okay, that happened. You know, one of those things that you just kind of rush in the back of your head. Um, but luckily, I've not had too many issues like that here in this area. So I'm very glad to know that Cookwell as a whole, you know, is very open-hearted, very open-minded, and you know, I don't have to run into that. I don't have to worry about that every time I go out. Brendan, what do you think we can do in the church today to really learn how to love people that look different from us? Um, well, to go back at the very beginning, I would say love. We need to make sure that we're loving one another, um, even when it hurts, even when they look different from us. We have to know how to love. Um, I think another thing, um, and this is tough to do this one sometimes, um, but we have to ask ourselves, you know, when we see things differently than us, um, we have to make sure that we're, we are remembering to ask why. You know, if we see something that don't quite fit what we're used to seeing, we can always ask, why is this, Why do I feel that this is different? Or what are they doing that makes me feel 
uneasy about the situation. Um, not quickly respond with, well, they're just different, and so they don't need to be around here with that. But let's dig a little deeper, and let's just ask why. Like, why is this different? Why do I feel like that this is a problem? Um, and really get to know each other's hearts instead of just getting to know each other's outside appearance. So we've talked about the heart being a really big issue. Can we do anything to change our hearts, or does God have to change it? Is, are we changed from the inside out? Um, I believe that we are changed from the inside out. Uh, that's something that we have to work with. Um, but also, I also feel like sometimes those around us as well. Uh, we have to make sure that we're surrounding ourselves around those positive influences, you know, really being around those who want to seek the same things as us. Um, if we're around a bunch of people who are wanting to be negative all the time, it's really hard to find yourself growing in those situations. Um, the big thing is working on the inside out, on your own heart, really asking yourself those tough, those tough questions. But it's making sure that you're also around those who want those same goals and those that are willing to also grow with you. And, you know, when I knew we were going to be doing this, I really asked the Lord to show me places in my heart. Show me, Father, places in my heart where I have really, really failed you. And a lot of things came to my mind, and a lot of them were not about situations with people whose skin is a different color than mine. A lot of mine was about judgment of people based on things that they said, based on the way I interpreted things that they said. And I realized that if our hearts aren't in the right places, that can go to a really negative place. But when I realized those things, I had to ask the Lord to really forgive me. You know, we talk about repenting. Father, I repent of things that I shouldn't do. I repent of things that I've done that I shouldn't have done and said. And Brandon, you and I talked a lot about that, that these are issues that spring out of the heart. But we also talked about what you believe the future can be for our community, for our church, for your son. Right. Um, I also struggle sometimes with the heart and loving. One thing I'll, the Lord has revealed to me multiple times is when someone's done something negative to me way back when. Like, if I see that old high school person who's, like, took my lunch money, I want to hold that against them. I'm, you know, that's one of the things I really struggle with and I have to work through and say, okay, that was 20 years ago. I don't need that lunch money now, you know. It's okay. Um, um, but I really do see a future of us just really getting along and really growing and building a community together where your skin color is not the first thing you're judged on. You know, you're judged on character, not what you look like or where you come from or your economic status. You know, that's why I see that. Um, I hope by the time my son get our age that they're moved on past this topic and, you know, dealing with a lot of other issues that we didn't have time to get to because we were focused on this one and faced with this problem that we wanted to get better. But out of this conversation with Brandon, Brandon and I both have been able to have conversations with other people. And would you share some of the people, especially from your work, that you've been able to have conversations with? Yes, um, I've had tons of great conversations. Um, those who agree with everything that's going on and those who disagree with me. I've also was able to sit down and have a good conversation with those. Um, one particular with work that you was mentioning, um, the owner of my company actually wanted to have a meeting with me to talk about how we can recruit more people of diversity. And so I thought that was a very great sign that you know, my job, my company that I work for, um, that sees me day in and day out, they're like, okay, 
let's see what we can do differently. And they reached out to me directly and wanted to have that conversation. Um, I've also had some great conversations here in town about what are some of the things that we can change um, and some of the areas that normally don't get changed or seen. Um, I know that West End Park is historically known as a predominantly black neighborhood. Um, they recently just got new um, basketball equipment, new goals, new nets, um, and things like that. We recently just had an event down there where we would refilled the, um, the free library station up there and getting that remodeled as well. Um, so there's some really good feedback that I've had. Um, a lot of people who like me, um, they're ready for those conversations. We're ready to have full-on conversations about what's going on and what we can do. Um, and there's many of us out there that's like that. Like many of us are out there wanting to have these conversations. Um, please don't always look at the news and see all the negative things that's going on. You know, I see, I'm seeing it too. I'm seeing the riots, I'm seeing the violence, I'm seeing the defacing. But that's not what we're all about. You know, most of us are wanting to have a talk. Most of us want to share these are our concerns, this is what we want to change. And we just want everyone to know those things and we can talk about those things and we can, as a family, as a church body, we can say, okay, what can we do? Okay, now let's put this into action. Let's create a plan so we don't have to worry about these things anymore. And as I started this conversation today, I said one of the things that really got my mind going about having this conversation with Brandon was the post that you put on Facebook about um, reaching out to the community leaders. Would you share with our family yes. about that? So uh, when everything happened in Minnesota, uh, that's what really kind of really just sat on my heart for a while. And one of the big questions I had is what are we doing here in town? What are we doing here in Cookville to make sure that something like that wouldn't happen here. And if there's not anything that we're doing, what can I do to help? You know, I want to go ahead and start, like, let's go ahead and start an action plan. Let's go ahead and start doing things to make sure that those things will not happen here the best we can. Um, so I reached out to our city mayor. I reached out to our local state representative. I've reached out to our local congressman. Um, and the city mayor responded with a couple of his thoughts and ideas, but also he looped in the chief of police in that conversation. So I was able to have two really great phone conversations with the chief of police. Um, me and him even also talked about a possible program that we could put together as well. And he gave me all the background about that. Um, and so everyone I emailed, they did respond one way or another. And I had some great conversation with them. And it made me feel good that you know, my city leaders are looking into this and they're really seeing what's going on and they're really trying to be proactive about that. But as well as I did not feel blown off. You know, just a general blown off like, oh, well, this is what we're doing. But no, they really wanted to have some engaging conversations. Um, of all of them, every one of them but one person called me. Like, would actually call my cell phone and said, hey, how are you doing? Let's talk about these problems. And so, and the one that did not have uh, time to give me a call, he did shoot me an email with his thoughts and everything. And so it was good to at least hear back from him. And what came out of your conversation with Chief Evans that you're going to be participating in? Oh, I signed up for the ride-along. Uh, so uh, the city police do offer a ride-along for everyone. For everyone. For everyone. For everyone. <laughs> um, and I, I did sign up for a ride-along. So once... Um, everything with the virus is over with and I'm going to sign up or we're going to um, get me into a ride along and it's a four to five week program where just you know a Monday each Monday you just 
go with an officer and you get to ride with him for a few hours just to see what it is, is you know, life as a police officer and things like that. Um, and he also talked about another program that he wanted to do. And so we're in some talks about that as well. And so, but yeah, I was signed up for the ride along and Chief Evans was a great guy to talk to, by the way. Like we had two early morning conversations and he was just a good guy. And one of the things that also that we did on the radio show, because I asked Brandon to kind of resurrect it and do it again, was black facts. My black facts. <laughs> um, so tell us about that. So back in February, I was thinking about, you know, what can I do for February? You know, February is known for Black History Month. Um, a lot of times February is the only time you hear about Black History Month or Black History. And I look to those around me and I said, you know, I think I want to do something like a black fact every day. And uh, my girlfriend in particular was like, that's a great idea. You should do that. I was like, okay, I'll do that. And so every day for the, I started January 31st. Um, I gave a black fact every day. And there were anywhere from like fun facts to not so fun facts. You know, I tried to cover a lot of things about history, whether it was something early on or something that happened in like the past 20, 30 years or even anything that's happening now. Um, one of my goals with my black facts was I didn't want fluff pieces all week or all month long. Like I didn't want the general, hey, this is a happy fact. Like this was my opportunity to really talk about some issues or talk about historical events that we may not have known about. And so with that came a lot of good conversation. A lot of people were happy to see whatever it is I was sharing. Um, and I'm grateful that I just didn't make it fluff pieces every day or something really nice and uplifting every day. Um, and then after it was over, after February, I'm like, okay, that was fun. But every few weeks, someone was messaging me. It was like, hey, could you bring back black facts? Hey, I missed your black facts. And so now I've gotten back to trying to post at least once a week just a black fact of the week. Uh, and I've hashtagged them Brandon's black facts so they all can be found in one place. Can um, you share some of them with us? Yes. Like some of your favorites with us today? Um, I actually brought a few black facts because Miss Cindy's like, bring black facts. And I said, <laughs> yes, ma'am. Um, and so I found, I brought four of them. Two of them was already been posted. Um, and then two was new ones that maybe show up this week online. Who knows? Um, but one of them, the first one I put, since it's hot outside and we just celebrate Fourth of July. Um, how many of us remember the Super Soaker? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. You're free to hold, yep, no, those, high five those. Um, that was actually created by a black engineer who worked for NASA. Um, his name was Lonnie Johnson. And it turns out that he actually found or come up with that. He was working on a refrigerating system for NASA. And he was doing experiments in his bathroom when he come up with you know, a pressurized container that you can shoot water out of. And so, like all good inventions, they have a, like a, a weird story behind them. And so that was one of my favorite black facts that I had. Actually, all of them was my favorite black fact. Uh, but yeah, Lonnie Johnson was the creator of the Super Sucker. Um, also, something here in Tennessee, Clinton, Tennessee, um, that's not far from here at all. Um, that, was, that happened a little bit before the Little Rock Nine. We always talk about the Little Rock Nine and school integration. Well, just you know, not long before that was actually the Clinton 12. And Clinton, Tennessee and the Clinton High School there was the first school in the South to become integrated. 
And so um, they have a really nice museum up there in that area, a really good statue. But yep, there was 12 students that got together um, that morning, that Monday morning for school, and they walked down to the school together. And there's great pictures and talks about that. Um, one of those 12 did finish high school there and made him the first black student to graduate an integrated school. And so that was really, really fun to know about that. And um, that was great. Um, my two other facts, do you want me to keep going? Yes. Okay, cool. So um, this morning, I was actually looking at a couple of new facts um, and I come across a Granville T. Woods. Um, he was born in you know, 1856 and lived a little past 1900. Um, he was the, he was actually known as the Black Edison. Now he done a lot of things in the circuits and telephone, um, the telegraph. He also worked with um, the train system and done a lot of the tunnel systems there. Uh, he was the one that included automatic brakes, which we're all thankful for today, and the egg incubator for anybody who's done 4-H or farmed. You know, the egg incubator is very important. Um, but also, he is the person who kind of helped make voice over a telephone line possible. And so he created a way where voice and Morse code could be sent over the same telephone line. He sold that patent to American Bell Telephone Company, which we know as AT&T. So AT&T, telephones, you know. So these are things that you know, we appreciate and we know today and we you know, don't think much about it. I mean, all of us have a cell phone here in this, in this room right now. You know, and those come from some of these very early on inventions that, you know, that we have created as a community. Um, and then my last fact was about hearing at a lax. And um, if anybody's done any science stuff, um, you know, you may have heard that name once or twice. And this is the point where I ask everybody to put on the nerd hat, because it's about to get very sciencey in here. So just pop on your nerd hat for a moment. Um, hearing at a lax had cancer cells um, from a biopsy. Uh, but they noticed real quick in the scientific world that her, her cells kept multiplying and kept multiplying and kept multiplying. And so the scientist was using her cells for different tests. Um, and so they ran several tests and done a lot of scientific breakthroughs um, with that, um, anywhere from cancer breakthroughs to, um, let me check my notes. Uh, tumor biopsy. Oh, I did not put them, I did not copy and paste that part here. But <laughs> they were um, That'll of, be online. Yeah, they'll be <laughs> online. Check the website and we'll have those there. But you know, she had several different breakthroughs and helped solve a lot of different diseases. Um, but as great as all that sounds, no one notified her family about this at all. So they were just using, you know, without any consent from the family, without the family knowing, they were just using her cells for all these science our experiments and really doing a lot of medical research with them. Um, she died in 1971, it was, or I'm sorry, she died in 1951. It wasn't until about 1975, 24 years after her death, that her family was even notified that this was going on. And so um, we're very thankful that, you know, her cells have helped a lot, but it also shows that like no one really really took, or she was very taken advantage of, and no one, she was, her and her family wasn't well educated from, you know, what I've read, and they were taken advantage of. And so, you know, it just kind of, this is a great black fact 
for what herself has helped us, but then also a great black fact to show that sometimes that we were not always compensated or even educated enough to let to be told what we can and cannot do. And you know, her family just went without. You know, and to this day, they're not being compensated for everything that's been going on. Um, so those are my four black facts. Thank you, Brandon. You're welcome. So you can follow Brandon online. We do want to just remind you that social media can be a blessing, but it can also be a horrible curse, mm -hmm. honestly, because you have to realize that people see that and they take things out of context. And it just can be kind of a, I'm just going to say a dangerous ground. So just like whatever comes out of our mouth, whatever comes out of your fingertips when you're typing something in, let's really be sensitive to how someone might read that and how that they're going to respond to that. Or the memes that we share. Or the memes that we yeah, share. The things that we share. Yes. So if you share something with me, I will fact check it. Heads up. So <laughs> I will fact check it. And I encourage all of you, if you see information online, you're not sure about it, even if you are sure about it, fact check it. Those are just double check things. You know, we have to be very responsible of our social media platforms and we have to make sure that we're keeping those around us also accountable for those. And there's a lot of things that can be up for discussion and that is perfectly okay. But just make sure you're doing your own research and you're also knowing what information is being spread and what is good information and what is not good information. And I know I learned so much from Brandon just through the conversations that we have. And if you have never really sat down and talked to Brandon, you are missing out on something because he is a wonderful young man. But I've known Brandon because you and your family have been in our church since. Wow. Um, it's been about 10 years now yeah. at this point. I thought you said 2009 was somewhere, when you all yeah, first came right here. And so his mom, Pam, is a very important part of our body, just like Brandon is and, and his family, and we're so pleased that they're here. We're going to wrap this up today, but Brandon, is there a message that you want to give to your brothers and sisters in Christ? I love every each and every one of you equally, and um, I hope that whatever that we've said today, that you, know, you just kind of take that and you just let that, just let that sit with you for a little bit and just really, really just apply that you know a lot of times we come to church and we'll get a message and we're like okay that was good but we have to make sure that we're taking what we're hearing and putting that into action so i just want to encourage everyone to just put what they've heard something that they've heard today and just put that in action um, if you're not sure what to do just love just love on people um, safely because we do have a virus going around. But make sure that you love on them. Um, and also when you hear something, receive that with an open heart. You know, don't be quick to very dismiss that. You know, but accept those and just really accept that with an open heart and really get to know that. And I wanna end with a scripture out of the message. And I love this because the little subtitle of it says, learn to think like him. And isn't that what we all want to do? I want to think like Jesus. I want the mind and I want the heart of God because I know the Holy Spirit dwells within each of us and he is reminding us moment by moment, thought by thought of how we should act and what we should say. But it's in um, First Peter and it says, most of all, love each other as if your life's depended on it because it does. Love makes up for practically anything. Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless, cheerfully. Be generous with the different things God gave you, passing them around so all get in on it. If words, let it be God's words. If help, 
let it be God's hearty help. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus, and he'll get all the credit as the one mighty in everything. So as gatekeepers of letting the world know about Jesus, when we walk outside these walls today, like Brandon said, just love and love extravagantly and love harder than you've ever loved before. Because one of the things when Brandon and Justin and I met the other night to talk about is that, and Brandon and I did a whole po- one of the podcast talks about food because we both like to eat. <laughs> and so we were talking about food. And, and I know once Pam had us all over to eat, a group of people, and we all sat at the same table because Pam talked to me years ago about her heart is all of us coming to the same table. So I'll just share with you, brothers and sisters, this morning, there's room at the table for everyone. There's room for all of us. We got plenty of tables. I'd love to see all these tables full because I'd love to be feeding the world. And plenty of food. And plenty of food, the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And after we get through this, we'll have lots of big meals together. But just love each other. And um, Brandon, we're going to take communion this morning. But could you pray for us before to close? And I just want to go on record as saying, I love this man. He is my dear, precious brother in Christ. I love him. I love his mama. I love her mama's heart. Those mama's hearts. And I love the way mamas love sons and how mamas love daughters and daddies love sons and daughters. And I love what Brandon said earlier. He's always a parent. We always have a parent. Our Heavenly Father is always our parent. There's not a moment in the day that he's not thinking about us. Miss um, Cindy and Mr. Burton was running a life group when we first came to the church, and we joined, that was the first life group that we were a part of. And your heart, your family's heart, and just the life group's heart was one thing that really made me say, this is it, like, this is, this is the place. Um, so I just wanna say thank you for just inviting me and just wanting to have these conversations. So just thank you. Thank you. Lord, we just come to you today and just say thank you. Uh, thank you for everything that you've done for us, God. Thank you for those, uh, for those things that um, we have coming to us, God. Um, so we just want to just really, really just want to love. Now show us love. Just open up our hearts um, and just give us peace and understanding as well, God. Um, and as we take communion, just let, us, let that be a moment to reflect um, and just really see what's in our hearts. And just open it up, um, just like Justin talked about earlier, just treasures, just treasures in our hearts, um, and just allow us to be able to find the treasures in the hearts of others as well, God. Um, 